Hey, 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 welcome to the Sports Reverends Podcast. We're excited to be back. It's after Super Bowl Sunday, so it's a little sad thinking about this coming weekend and there's no more football, but we got lots to talk about on the docket today. I'm joined with the coach. How are you doing, coach? Coach is good. Winter Pig is living up to its name. Now, I got to correct you on one thing. You said there's no football this weekend. There's no American football this weekend. There's real football going on all weekend and all the next week. So get it straight. Coach, you have the world on your side. I just have North America on mine. What can I say? I'm a globalist. You're Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, let's hear some of the sports reverence quick hitter news. We're going to start in the NFL. Russell Wilson tells the Seahawks he needs more help. He's been hit the most out of all quarterbacks over 400 times if they want to win a Super Bowl. Sticking with the NFL, Rodgers wins the MVP. That is A-Rod. Uh, Donald wins the Defensive Player of the Year. Justin Herbert wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. And Chase Young wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. To the NBA, LeBron James and Kevin Durant lead in NBA All-Star voting uh, in the East and West. Raptors confirmed that the rest of their home games will be played in Tampa for this year. They were hoping to come back to T.O., but uh, with public restrictions and pretty much Ontario being locked down, can't be done. Matthew Stafford has been traded to the Rams for a first round pick in 2022 and 23, a third round in 21. And Jared Goff, what a haul for Detroit. Kind of seems like uh, Goff was just kind of thrown in there, eh? Exactly. exactly. It's uh, you can really consider him like another first round pick because that's what he was. So Pretty big much. ball for Detroit. Matthew Stafford is going to the Rams. No more excuses for Matthew Stafford. He's all on the line for him. Big time. And last but not least, Champions League soccer is back. Knockout stages start off next week, starting Tuesday, with a lot of tasty games up. And now a word from our sponsors. Check out Urban Hope Mentorship Program. And it's our mentorship program located in downtown Toronto. We help kids uh, in the inner city, uh, kids and youth uh, in the inner city with a mentorship program. We provide uh, a, play, a safe place for them to be, fun games, mentorship, peer to peer mentorship, training, and an opportunity to just grow in all the opportunities and, and, and options of, of life that they have. So uh, check out Urban Hope Mentorship Program. You can check it out at www.thesportsreverence.com. If you see our sponsors page, you can check them out there. Uh, you can see all the pictures and support in any way you would like. So check out Urban Hope Mentorship. All right. It's time to jump into the NFL post-Super Bowl. And there was a pretty disappointing Super Bowl, in my opinion. Because the game was supposed to be this epic clash of the goat versus the baby goat. Patrick Mahomes is going up against the, the veteran Tom Brady. And it's supposed to be a high scoring game in the 40s. But no, that's not what happened. It was a defensive shutdown by the Buccaneers. And Tom Brady took care of his business on that side of, of the field. And, and the Buccaneers walk over the Kansas City Chiefs. Coach, 
before we get into your reaction of the game, yeah, tell us some of your reaction and some of your Super Bowl foods that you got into. Well, Super Bowl foods. Man, I don't want to quite... hear your reaction from the Super Bowl foods. I always want to know what you enjoyed. Oh, man, we had a, quite the spread at the end's residence. We had 16 pieces of uh, good old spicy Popeye's chicken, three boxes of fries and biscuits, mm. lots of candy, uh, lots of ice cream, and bags of chips. My sugars were through the roof. Beautiful. Regardless. Doesn't count great. on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you tell my you tell my blood sugars that, but uh, it was good. <laughs> now, do you want my reaction? What did you eat? What did you end up eating? We had chicken wings and some veggie tray and oh, other vegetables. Chips. We had veggies. Yes, it's only myself and Liana because we are on super lockdown here in Toronto, so there had to be some sort of vegetables. Uh, but we had some chips as well and. And yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time for it sure. Fun. It was weird not having a big Super Bowl party, but we made it. We made it fun. There you go. All right. So initial reaction. Um, I was I was super shocked to be honest. Um, when Casey came down and had the punt, I was like, okay, no big deal. And then when they punted again, no big deal. When the guy shanked the punt. I got a little worried. And a half, I was like, it's okay. Casey's got an explosive offense. They can come back. Halfway through the third, I was beginning to sweat because not because of nervousness. I had picked the Bucks, but I, I, I like you, wanted a really close game. And uh, Tom just did what Tom does when it comes to his big pressure moments. So I, I was disappointed in the fact that it wasn't a close game because like you said, it was goat versus baby goat. The baby coat was put up for sacrificial slaughtering because <laughs> that guy ran so much. I feel bad for Mahomes. Speaking of Mahomes running. Okay. okay let's, let's hear it. Let's hear According it. According to next gen stats, Patrick Mahomes ran a total of 497 yards before his passes slash sacks. In the Super Bowl, that's the most pre-throw slash pre-sack yards run by any quarterback in any game this season. That's just so, ridiculous. As much credit as credit is due to Tom Brady, because he yeah. played a fantastic game. He was amazing on third down as per usual. Mm -hmm. It goes back, I think you will agree with me on this, to defense wins championships. That still holds true to this day because the Bucks defense was absolutely unbelievable, in my opinion. And, it, and unfortunately, that made the game boring because they were just dominant and made Patrick Mahomes look terrible on third down. And unfortunately, their offense looked bad on third down as well. They couldn't convert. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was... I did not expect the defense to perform the way they did. Not that they've been bad all year, but they've been okay. The Bucks defense has been defense has been okay, at least versus the eye test. But Sue, JPP, who's the other defensive tackle that came through, or the edge rusher? Three of those guys just destroyed the O line. And Travis Kelsey had a bad game. 
Uh, running backs didn't have a great game. Wide receivers didn't impact anything. It was just an all-around, I choose this, I say this word carefully, but masterpiece by the defense. Because we haven't seen anybody bottleneck Mahomes and crew like that before. It was Shaq Ever. Barrett who you're talking about. Yeah, by the Shaq way. Barrett. That's what it was. Just a monster. Just a monster. And he wants to come back. And he's probably gonna take less money to come back and run it back. Right. So it was it was a clinical performance. I 100 percent agree with you. Defense wins championships, as you know. And wow, that was probably the biggest shocking point of the night was not the inability of Casey's offense to get going, but the ability of the Bucks defense to interrupt that offensive rhythm. So that was uh that was wild for me. Just honestly wild. Um I'll get you to look this up in a second because I know I'm missing one name, but I'll just read this stat for now. Mm-hmm. Is between Tom Brady's third Super Bowl appearance and his tenth. I'll get you to look up the the three the three Hall of Fame inductees into the NFL this year. Uh between Tom Brady's third Super Bowl appearance and his tenth, Calvin Johnson had been drafted, retired, and then made the Hall of Fame. That's how long this guy's been playing. And and that's yeah. how good like that's Calvin Johnson. Like I know his career is obviously cut short, but still, that's a legend right there and Tom Brady's still going. And it, and honestly, they're set up most people would have said and have said that this coming year is the Buccaneers they're going to be even better. That's what they were saying compared to this this past year after their Super Bowl run. So yeah. that's scary. That's super scary going forward. Well, think about it. If AB can, you know, be held in check for an entire season. Yeah. Right. Mike, the, the, the wide receiving core is unreal. Yeah. If, oh, they're, yeah. if, if they're able to bring I back don't know the defense, get back Godwin as well. I know he's a free agent, but yeah, but I'm sure there's some magic cap thing they can do as all NFL gems seem to be able to do. Yeah. To find a way. Big time. Right? Big time. Um, um, I know it's right. Kelvin Johnson. I know it's uh, Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson and Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, John Lynch, who's also amazing safety. John Lynch, okay. And uh, Alan Feneca, who's a guard. Don't really know too much about him, but okay. Big time Hall of Fame class, and uh, it's just crazy how long Tom Brady's been going. So I guess the rule for the Hall of Fame, you have to be five years retired before you yeah. can uh, be accepted yeah, into it. So that job. that gives you an, an idea of how long Tom Brady's just been going after his third Super Bowl, um, yeah, which is crazy. The longevity, I th- and I don't know if this plays into the whole Belichick-Brady discussion we've been having over these last several months. Um, I think personally, you see the brilliance of Tom Brady come through and his ability to um, uplift his teammates, you know, make them more like the sum of their parts but it's it's hard to because it's hard this comparison is so hard because as a quarterback you have a direct influence of a game whereas as a coach you know speaking from both perspectives like we've both been players and coaches a coach you can only hope for the best you can only what hope for the best well right yeah you can well, you can make the best schemes possible coach up your players but if your players don't perform on an individual level, like what can you do? Right? If like, for example, maybe if, that's your job I mean, to get them there. 
No, but if Cam Newton is having a bad day, he's having a bad day. You can scheme things or whatever, but if the guy is just doesn't perform. The one thing with home. Belichick, though, is that he also has control over um, everything that goes in the sandwich, you know? He, True. No, I get it. He gets to go to the grocery store and pick out everything he wants. To a degree. To a degree. Um, he doesn't get the players he wants. There's a lot of undrafted players and things like that. Right. But in, in my opinion, while it's, while it's difficult, I still think Brady comes out on top. I think yeah, I, I think that's very hard to argue because um, I think the conversation shifted with Brady's Super Bowl win from um, a Brady versus Belichick or Brady. I th- sorry, that they both needed each other. Um, to win because that's clearly not the case anymore. Kind of uh, like Jordan and Pippen. Exactly. Um, I think Brady got put onto a very good situation. We're going to get into that in a second. But at the same time, there's something special, like you said, about players doing their job. Mm-hmm. And there's not many people like there's Belichick can probably control more of, of the outcome, but without Tom Brady doing what he does and knowing exactly what he's getting from him, you know, it's tough. Like it's like you bank on that. Right. And you can also like, he changed the culture in Tampa Bay, right? He goes (laughs) in there and he, so, okay. So we're talking lots about Brady. I've been very positive about Tom Brady. Now, one of the things that have been going around is everyone for sure proclaiming and saying, and, and maybe they're right that Tom Brady is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And they're even comparing him to the greatest of all time amongst all sports. Yeah. So first, I want to hear your answers. <laughs> is Tom Brady the greatest of, among, of all time among all sports? Oof. That is very tough for me. Um, I think if you had to have like a Mount Rushmore, of athletes of the greatest of all time. <laughs> that's not. The, that's no, no, no. There's not four. I'm not asking for four goats. I know, hold on. I'm, I'm just. I'm just. Let me finish my my thoughts here, okay? Because I know you disagree with all of them, which is fine. Like Tom Brady is definitely the goat of and the NFL. Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time in the NBA. Um, baseball. I don't know if I'd have a goat because it's in such a different game overall then you got to think about michael phelps and usain bolt i mean gold medal winners of nth degrees what's the gym gymnast uh billas uh simone billas or whatever her name is yeah i don't think she has as many medals as usain bolt or no she has the most medals most golds no are you sure i don't think so i I, you can look that up i had something about like 27 medals that she has yeah, she may have a ton of medals, but I don't think she has the most gold medals. Simone Biles. Um, I don't think that she... Uh, she. I don't think that uh, Tom Brady is the greatest ath- athlete. Team sports. Okay, let's go team sports. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because, in my opinion, football has so many guys in the field that need to do their job right. Yeah. Right? Um, like just pause right there, coach. Yeah. So, the, yeah. I guess that's the big comparison that people talk with NBA and NFL. People say it's harder to win in the NFL, which is probably true, mm-hmm. but 
to win in the NFL, you also need to have a every, you know, you, you have to have all, it's a total team sport, right? One yeah. player in the NBA can totally change your franchise. But with that being said, that's also a lot more weight on that one player, right? I, I agree with you on that. Um, so it's hard to say which is actually harder. I think and also, and, and things in the NFL is so different because like it's the, the amount of time you actually spend playing is very short. Yeah. Right. Like if you, if you took out all the commercials and all the stops in an NFL game, it's probably literally 30 minutes max of playing. Right. Cause each play lasts like 10 seconds at the most. You know what I mean? Like if you condense it all down. Yeah. Whereas in the NBA, you have 48 minutes of guys running up and down, up and down, up and down. So in the, in the question of greatest of all time for team sports, no. Greatest quarterback ever? Yes. Great and winner of all time? Mm, no, I still, I still reserve that for, for Jordan because he went six for six. Um, so, but using the same parameters that I use for Jordan versus LeBron, Tom Brady's got the most rings ever, not by quarterback, not by team. We're talking about ever. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is absolutely mind blowing. He has more championships than individual teams, right? So yes, that's a product of good coaching and good good players but he's been pulling those strings for a lot of years right you don't you don't put jimmy garoppolo in place of tom brady and get the same result right so even though i like jimmy g he's no tom brady no so you tell me now why am i why am i wrong i want to hear why i'm wrong Okay, well, I think I agree with you that he's not the greatest of all times in sports, for sure. I'm definitely on the Jordan side and, and actually a few others. Um, but uh, first, I'll say this, because there's lots of sports analysts that like will talk about it and denounce him as the GOAT. And you have to give Tom Brady props. You have to talk about how great he is. And I've been trying to do that this whole time so far. But I, I just have to put this out there, okay? Let's just let's just go through it. Um, is Tom Brady a dual threat quarterback? No. Is Tom Brady the most accurate quarterback? I don't think so. I think that's Rodgers. It's I think Rodgers, Mahomes, but Brady's up there. He 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 can challenge in that area. Yeah, but he's not. I think I think the title officially belongs to Rodgers or Wilson. Is Tom Brady the most talented quarterback? No. Okay. Um, does Tom Brady have asterisks by his name concerning um, issues that have boosted his oh, please. morale and his game and his wins, at, a.k.a. deflate gate? Let's come on. Deflate gate was Answer such the a question. Fun. Fine. Yes, he does. He has been proven as a cheater. Okay. So just 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 keep that. That's not a determining factor. 
sure. that's part of the equation. The black mark against them. Sure, sure. I yeah. can give them that. Yeah, I get. I I don't know if we can even say black mark against them anymore, but we'll just say we'll just say <laughs> yes. Strike. We'll call it a strike. A strike. Yeah, that was probably offensive to someone. Um, it Tom wasn't Brady. Said that. Is Tom Brady? Um, is Tom Brady been a benefactor of being in one of the weakest divisions in the last two decades of all time? Mm. Dolphins, Jets, and... That's not his fault. I'm not saying fault. I'm just saying, has he not sure. been a... Has he not had a road to the playoffs where he has almost six to eight wins every year, almost given to the Patriots? I wouldn't okay. I understand the argument, but in the NFL, yes, there's a weak team. To the question. But on a week-to-week basis, you can't just say it's an automatic win. But has it not even looking at sports odds and analytics and the projections, it's almost been a clear six to eight wins. I don't. I think the NFC East is probably the worst division in the last twenty years. No, no, not in the last twenty years. I'm, They're I'm bad. Just... They've been bad these last few okay. years. Okay, okay, I'll give you. Okay, sure. Weak, weak division. Okay. Okay. So add adding these things together, um, yeah. when you compare, you know, if you if you take a look at Michael Jordan, um, if you put Michael Jordan on another elite team it doesn't know forget that even if you look at michael jordan is michael jordan not the most talented player of all time i would agree with that yeah best Actually, scorer look at both ends of the floor i would if i'm saying most talented i would go with lebron he's more talented than lebron than michael jordan in terms of potential yeah Think about it. He's a six foot ten or six foot eight behemoth of a man who has all sorts of offensive and defensive skills, but but he has never pushed himself like Jordan did. So that but that's that, that's not the thing. That's not the question, right? Yeah, but no, but that is talent. I'm talking about he hasn't he hasn't exposed all of his talent. I don't think. Which is a super scary thought because that's a very good point. Perfect. Yeah. But so, so has he not? Who who's exposed the most talent then? I I guess. I'd, okay, but see, all right, all right. I know you're going with this. I'll say Jordan. We'll just. I won't argue with you about it. Okay. So, it, it, to me, it's pretty clear, even looking throughout all of history, that Michael Jordan is top dog in his sport. It's pretty clear um that tom brady that you could have other great if aaron Rodgers was in every one of his situations would aaron Rodgers have as many or more wins than tom brady well okay well that's aaron Rodgers is a perfect example because yeah let's his division hasn't been strong either well they've been a lot better than his okay sure better but there hasn't been a great division aaron Rodgers is an elite quarterback if anything, he's underperformed his talent. How many Super Bowl rings does he have? One. But how is that on him? If you're if if you took Tom Brady and put him in that situation, I think they win more than one Super Bowl. Guaranteed. 
I would say no, absolutely not. And, and I'll tell you why. i tell you why I argue with that. You put all those factors against him, not the most accurate, not dual threat, which is just a recency bias thing. Uh, <laughs> when has he ever been a dual threat? No, no, that dual threat was a big deal. Dual threat wasn't a big deal 10 years ago, really. I know, but, okay, but, anyways, but why not? Because that's, that's not how the game was played then. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Jeez. That's not true. He's not the most athletic. Not the most accurate, not the not the quickest. All but he's the goat. All these things go against him, but he has taken all that stuff and won the most. Okay, he's but, despite despite all the deficiencies, despite all the natural talent other players have had and better positions other players have been in, and whatever, whatever, whatever. Tom Brady has put together season after season of consistency because he's driven to win but i'll just say is a sign of a great of a great player lebron james not driven to win driven to be a global brand driven to be famous driven to look cool not driven to win four for ten belies that that statement okay charles barkley not driven to win he would have been in way better shape. His teams would have done better, etc. I will Tim say Duncan to LeBron that he figured out. I I don't think LeBron had that 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 you know mentality like we're used to it out of Kobe and Jordan and some others, um, even D Wade when he was on his his streak. But he figured out a way to get where he is by moving players around so it fits him better, right? Yeah. So he he changed the NBA in that way. For sure. Yeah, so you have to give him credit there. I'm but. not. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away. I just. I mean, based on our criteria, he's not driven to win as versus Jordan, Brady, etc. So, what really comes down, what your real question is, how do you find a goat? How do you define what goat actually means? And for the longest time, we've been operating that the goat is the most championships in the modern era. Tom Brady's got the most. Well, no, that's not true because you can talk about um, Robert Horry. Right? And you can talk about... We're talking about like star players. Robert Horry was a fringe player. Steve Kerr was a fringe player. Right? We don't talk about them as changing the game or leading teams. So, 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 okay. So that's perfect. I would equate Tom Brady to being a, as worthy as a Scotty Pippen on the Bulls. To whom, though? To his defense, to his... Oh, you mean in terms of his legacy? Yeah, to, to his oh. situation. There's so much... Like, that's the one thing with football. It's way, it's way too hard to make it so black and white. Like, it's such a team-oriented game. You have to have a great defense. You have to have a great offensive line. You have to have the weapons on offense. And you have to have a great coach. Yeah. You need to be a I think, you know, winning but team. That applies, that applies to all sorts of sports. How many times have we seen players get drafted by one team, show up as a quote-unquote bust, move to another team, and all of a sudden explode? Right. A lot of a lot of sports is fit and organizational identity. And many teams across all sorts of all the leagues don't have that organizational identity. Right. Like you look at the Spurs, they've done the same thing 
over and over again. Sure, there have been tweaks here and there, but the structure has been the same. Same with the Patriots. Uh, the Yankees have the same kind of mentality, right? Same with the Red Sox. Like there's this organizational uh, structure that's put in place of this is the quote unquote, let's say, Patriot way. And we find the players to fit into that. A lot of teams, they want to win now. They want to drive ticket sales. They want to, you know, promote, promote, promote. And the last thing really is creating a sustainable winning culture. And how many times do the players talk about, oh, I came here and I changed the, and the culture was different or Tom Brady came here and changed the culture. And so that's a whole other thing is, is fit culture. And then you're right. All those other pieces of like, you know, you can't have a, the 32nd ranked offensive line, 32nd ranked defensive line, put the best quarterback in there with, you know, no names at, at the, at the important um, positions. Skill positions. Yeah. Skill positions. Yeah. Thank you. And expect them to win. Right. You also, and how many time, time, time again, you can't just spend in free agency, especially in the NFL. You can't just spend in the free agency and expect to upgrade your team. Right. So in terms of greatest of all time in everything, no, nah, not close. Can't call that. Here's quarterback. You have to say yes. I have to say greatest winning quarterback. Like he's been the most accomplished, most accomplished quarterback. Yeah, but does that not mean the greatest of all time? Well, like to me, like I was saying, no, it doesn't. Because there's there's so many factors that go into football. Like, okay, and on top of the, uh, to me, I don't know why people just look past the the many blemishes that have been across the Patriots. Like, why why is that like just forgotten? And I don't think it's been forgotten. Lots, lots of people hate the Patriots, right? I don't think it's been forgotten. Um, but in terms of the media, well, who wants to talk about that over and over again? So let me just put it to you this way. If there was just debate championships over and every year, and maybe not the best debater won, but he won, or he or she won year after year after year, was the MVP of the debate thing, they may not be the most talented debater, but they've won everything. How can it not be the greatest of the beta? Because they've used all their skills to become the best. Well, that's different. Why? Well, it's a team thing. Well, I, I don't know how debating works, to be honest. I didn't know it was a team thing. <laughs> okay, so maybe an example over your head. But, and that's, that's always going to be the argument that we're not going to settle today, that no one's ever going to settle, is the impact of one person in team sports. And then comparing that impact versus multi-sports because individuals have different impacts in different sports, right? Like a pitcher in baseball, one every five, five starts is the typical average. Yeah. If you, of those 20%, 20% of those games, if you win half of them, that's 10% of your season versus a outfield player who hits 45 home runs under RBI, et cetera who has a win, win, uh, wins above replacement of W, of double the pitcher, right? So like, who's more important, right? So I think True. it's a very, it's a fun debate to have. Um, and just Simone Biles only has four gold medals, okay? So she's not in the same as Michael Phelps or Usain Bolt. She's That's still young though. She's still young. Yeah, but, yeah, but she's like old for Olympic gymnasts. <laughs> she's like 23, 24, which is weird to think about. Um, and who knows if there's gonna be another Olympics for a while. Uh, <laughs> but if you had to ask me personally who the greatest athlete of all time is, 
I'm going to say Michael Phelps because he dominated in a variety of different swim types and in team and single, and he just crushed everybody. But that's just my personal opinion. Put in our Instagram, on our website, who you guys think is the greatest athlete of all time. I'd love to hear your choices. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question we could ask. And I agree with you. It's a, a topic that we can debate till the end of time. But I just wanted to at least bring it up because the conversation has been shifting to making him just the greatest on every account. And yeah. it's bothering me. Okay. He only has five MVPs, uh, Super Bowl MVPs. He's got a bunch of losses as well. How many? Uh, uh, he's got at least three. So. so he's been to eight, nine now, I guess. He's been to nine and lost three. He's been to 10. He's been to 10. Wow. Yeah, but, he's been to 10. Yeah. Like, how seven, did we miss that? It's been said, like, they said that so many times. Yeah. Seven and three is pretty good. It's, it's, it's pretty good, but there's still, I mean, <laughs> would you rather be seven and three or six and oh? Six and obviously six and oh. <laughs> but, for, but for a sport where back to backs are nearly impossible, hey, I'll take seven and three, my man. Yeah, it's definitely. Definitely great. I just wanted to have the conversation. You got to have it out there. It's bugging me just how much the media well, because, is blowing it up. Because he's such a clean-cut character. Yeah. Right? You know, somebody they can media can point to, have a nice story, married a model, has this, has that. Which is surprising because he is not in line with the media's political parties. No, so, he's not at all. So that's that's <laughs> a very interesting take. Yeah. But, um Maybe that'll make me. Maybe that's why I'm not totally hating on Tom Brady. But anyways, um, speaking of quarterbacks, speaking of, why don't we let's hear a quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll jump back to quarterbacks, and we'll jump into a little bit of NBA before we finish up. Sure, that sounds good. All right, and a word from our sponsors. Check out. One of the top gamers that I know, his name is Vandalized. Vandalized is a very unique gamer who plays all sorts of games from first-person shooters to all the Nintendo uh, classics, um, including the new Super Smash Bros. to the oldest one. He play What makes him so unique is that he plays with the controller upside down. The physical controller is upside down. There's no invert or anything like that. And he dominates. It doesn't matter what system, what controller it is. He'll flip it over and he will dominate in whatever game he's playing. That's how great he is. He's got a great personality. You can check him out on twitch.tv. Look up the word vandalized with two Zs or two Zs if you're American. And you can see one of the funniest gamers out there. Check him out today. Okay. <laughs> now <Smooth> into... <laughs> yes. As we are missing sports, Rev Drew, we got the smoothest transitions today. We're going to jump into a little bit of the big moves happening in the NFL. We mentioned in our quick hitters already one, Matthew Stafford has been traded to the LA Rams, um, which in my opinion makes them Super Bowl contenders automatically because I'm a big Matthew Stafford fan. But it has brought the question to me that quarterbacks now in the NFL – have become like superstar players in the NBA. They are starting to create their own destiny. 
We've seen Russell Wilson now speak up about being hit too much. He hasn't requested a trade, but there are already teams calling the Seahawks seeing if they want to trade Russell Wilson because um, he's upset. Um, Deshaun Watson has voiced his opinion that he wants out. And, and there's been a big change in this whole system. So coach, let's talk about that for a sec. What you got? It's when you start paying an athlete or actually an employee, okay. An employee of millions and millions of dollars. It gives them something called leverage. Right. And in the NBA, we've seen LeBron James use that leverage and, you know, have, draw the same kinds of players to where, wherever he goes. And we're starting to see that now in the NFL. If your cap situation is tied to 25%, pretty much goes to one guy who plays the most important position on the field, and he says he's unhappy. As a GM who wants to keep his job, what are you going to do? It's usually more about 15, 16%. Whatever. I'll you know just, what I mean. You just know. have to get your two cents in. <laughs> As a GM, you got to make this guy happy. Unfortunately, easier said than done. Now, Deshaun Watson, this situation is a little bit different. I'm not so much on his side right now. What? I'll, I'll go. I'll go into that in a second. I'll go into that in a second. But um, we've seen with with Stafford going to the Rams already. There's players who want to go there and are saying, "Hey, they're hitting him up on his text, saying, hey, I want to come play with you guys.'" When Tom Brady went to the Bucks, same thing, because people want to win. So I guess the, I should have phrased the question this way because yeah. you're alluding to it already. Is it good or bad for the NFL that NFL quarterbacks, because they're pretty much the only position that can really do this? Because they're the franchise longest there. Yeah. Is it good for the league? Um, I think it comes down to organizational structure. Yeah. So, uh, again, we talked about this culture of winning and culture in the dressing room. Sometimes it's a toxic culture. Sometimes it's not. Now, I'll tell you why I'm not so much on Deshaun Watson's side. Yeah, I'm shocked. He literally signed a contract last year. Knowing full well... Who he was getting into business with. Pause. Go ahead. Did he sign that contract before they traded away superstar DeAndre Hopkins? He signed it after, I'm pretty sure. I thought. We'll, uh, we'll check it. We'll check it out. I will check it. But Continue regardless, on. but he knew who the GM was. He knew there was coaching situations. That's going to be an issue. He knew that there was organizational structured deficiencies in that Houston team. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It's like me going to get a job knowing full well that the management team there sucks. And then a year later, after being unhappy, when I knew I would be unhappy saying, mm, I want to quit, but you have to fire me so I can get my paid package out. So for Deshaun Watts, if this was, you know, uh, season four of that contract, year four of that contract, and nothing had changed, sure. I'm, I'm all for it, dude. I'm on your side. I see Matthew Stafford. He hung around. He hung around. He hung around. Oh, yeah. He hung around. But now, you can't, just, you can't just be like, oh, I don't like it. I want to move. So that's the part that, while is, I'm all for player empowerment and equal revenue sharing and things like that, 
you as a player have to think about these things when you sign those contracts because as an NFL quarterback, anybody would have paid this kid tons of money, tons and tons of money. So is it greed? Does he want to win? Where's well, I will say this, like NFL, not much of the money is guaranteed. And when a big... Okay, but for quarterbacks, they are though. Well, no, even Patrick Mahomes is... Uh, Half billion dollar deal is less than two hundred million guaranteed. Okay, but what did you just say? Two hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, of course, of right? course, it's That's a ton of money. money, absolutely generational money, uh, multi generational oh, money. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, like if he doesn't sign a giant contract, look what happened to Dak Prescott. What if his career was over after that trade? After that? After that? Uh, right. Injury? But. I think in Dak's situation, it's a little different. He knew there was a new coach coming in, right? Because they're going to get rid of oh, terrible, terrible coaching. Because they brought a new coach in. He knew the organizational structures, Jerry Jones and all that, right? So there's the culture in Dallas is set. Yeah. Until Jerry dies. Then his son will take over. Yeah. But he'll probably, I don't think he'll be like Jerry. We can only hope for your yeah. sake. He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty close, actually. Okay. <laughs> Stephen Jones. Right on it. But in Houston, it's a dysfunctional mess. Yeah. Right. Just like how players don't want to be drafted by the Sacramento Kings, or you know the the Diamondbacks in Arizona. Yeah. And okay, so that's that's my point. I think there's a lot. Point. Of- it's a fair point for Deshaun Watson. Um, I can understand when you have a big contract offer to you, you kind of take it in the NFL. That's kind of been the norm. Um, So, but I will say this, I think it's good for the league in the sense that if you're Houston and you're evaluating yourself as a GM, if you're paying someone a hundred plus million dollars and they don't want to be there, you know, that's probably a trigger of you doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Like, but I will say, I think the GM who signed, him is now gone though, right? Yeah. So, but the new GM brought in a coach that didn't discuss with Deshaun Watson. The new GM has already made moves that, you know. Okay, to bounce back against that, what makes you think you know what it's good in a coach? You're the franchise quarterback that you're paying 100 million plus. Right, but what if you- Guaranteed dollars. What if you're a diva who only wants a coach who is going to pat you on the back? And not win. The, well, what that like like that's the same thing for the GMs and coaches. Like if you look at Bill Belichick, who gets to choose what goes in his sandwich, right? Because he's the GM too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the basically quarterbacks are saying, "I should at least have a say. I should at least have a conversation about this because it's it's his it's his lifeline. That's that's on the you know." Yeah, I I understand that. I think they should be in the interview and they should be able to ask questions, but they shouldn't have an overall deciding, necessarily deciding um, say, especially for a guy who hasn't won anything. Mike Tomlin um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he would bring in their top uh, players, top corners, um, or whatever position they're looking at. and, and, And he'd talk to them about guys he liked playing against or what and 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 things like that he would bring them in on the conversation and he would let them know that 
you're not going to be the final say. You're not. Uh, we just want to hear your opinion on it, and we because we we value your opinion, but he would still bring him in on it. And I think that's what's developed a good culture in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I I agree with you on that. I think the notion though that it just obviously it's a bit biased, obviously, but the the notion that the media puts out there is that Deshaun and other players are like, I need to have a, a full say in this. Yeah. Like a uh, uh, different example, James Harden. Right. Right. That's embarrassing. As a human being, that's just embarrassing. Coming to camp out of shape, not giving all your all, you know, like. Multiple like, teammates calling him out for yeah. spending time at strip clubs and things like that. Like that's just, that's just not right. Whereas in Jimmy Butler's case, most of his teammates loved him. Yeah. Right. Like even now, Cat and Wiggins will still talk well about Jimmy Butler. Right. Even though the more the media portrayed it otherwise. So yeah. I agree with you. I think there does need to be some say, but like it can't be the final say. Okay. I think okay. part of this part of this thing too is how are they going to generate media dollars? How can you identify um potential storylines without picking and choosing the players you want to talk about? And the easiest easiest players to talk about are the quarterbacks right they're typically team leaders team spokesmen they get put out there tuesdays um to to do media stuff for their local uh media coverage things like that like tom brady i believe had like for the longest time tuesday mornings he would pop on a tv or a radio show in uh boston and talk about the previous week right just to keep on on the Tom Brady theme. So I think part of it is culture and where we're moving towards in terms of society, where we want, we need people to look at. Part of it is what drives those revenue dollars. And part of that is the leverage that players now have by signing these multi-million dollar contracts. Right. And, and the league is also aiding them because they're basically making it impossible to hurt a quarterback um, with <laughs> yeah. all the rules they add in. So it's very, not impossible, but it's very hard to hurt a quarterback unless they're running out of the pocket like like Dak or like Dak did. Um, Without getting penalized, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, okay. I think um, there's some major potential moves in, in quarterbacks uh, in quarterback starters this year, which is going to be exciting. I think for the NFL, it's going to generate more buzz and Jersey sales for sure. So this, this off season is going to be very, very interesting. There's five big time rookie quarterbacks entering the draft this year. Yeah. And uh, they're talking about four of them being the first four picks. And uh, that could cause a lot of movement there as well. So yeah. we will see. We will see what happens when it comes to that. All right, everybody. That is a wrap for this Sports Reverence episode. Stay tuned for some random um, Sports Reverence going live because I think uh, we talked about maybe jumping in and commentating on some games. So just stay tuned. Uh, check out all our social medias. Coach, you want to say anything about the anything? Check out our website. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, waiting for a new Raptors report to come out soon. Maybe. Or Pascal Siakam, maybe. 
A well, Pascal yeah, Siakam defense uh, report. Oh, brutal. Uh, yeah, check out the website. Check out our socials. We'd love to interact with you guys. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Stay tuned, world. Peace. Peace. Peace.